Well, good morning. It is Friday, December 15th, 2023. Friday, December 15th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. And of course, since it is Friday, let's not forget the flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. Remember, the Biden administration gave us a flaming bag of uh, crap last Friday night when they uh, when they decided to uh, drop it, that they were they were uh, giving uh, military aid to Israel without congressional approval. Remember, they did that. It was a Friday flaming bag of crap. That's the kind of stuff that we look for. Okay, and it might happen. There might be something going on tonight uh, or this weekend about the about the uh, uh, the aid package, uh, the military aid package, the hundred billion, hundred and ten billion, is it? Anyway, PVTV Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can also say, "Hey Alexa, play Political Views TV podcast." <laughs> and you can say, hey, Google. Yeah, you can say that. And, uh, you know, it'll play something for you. I, you know, I, if I haven't told you, I really appreciate you. I really do. Uh, if you can, bring someone with, me, uh, with you uh, today or this weekend. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me or whatever you want to call it to me. Questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. Uh, so let's uh, start, as we uh, usually do. I'm, I, I'm doing a mocha this morning. Let's start, as we usually do, with the uh, war in Ukraine. <clears throat> it will likely take years, yet still a victory for Zelensky. European uh, Union leaders agreed to open membership talks with Kiev, but the mood was soured just hours later when Hungary did what we expected, carried through on threats to block crucial financial aid to Ukraine. EU Council President Charles uh, Michel, host of the uh, Brussels Summit, announced yesterday agreement on membership talks in a social media post, calling it a clear signal of hope for their people and for our continent. Zelensky welcomed the decision. He said in a post on formerly Twitter, a victory for Ukraine, a victory for all of Europe, a victory that motivates, inspires, and strengthens. Uh, European Commission Chief uh, Ursula von der Leyen said it was a strategic decision uh, uh, and a day that will remain engraved in the history of our union. Uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said these, these countries, because it was more than Ukraine, said these countries belong to the European family. The EU also agreed to open talks with Moldova and granted EU candidate status to Georgia. Michelle said the bloc would also advance a membership bid by another hopeful Bosnia and, Herze uh, and Herzegovina uh, once it reaches the necessary degree of compliance with criteria. And that's what all this kicking out of corruption in, in Ukraine is about, compliance, so, so he can get into EU and NATO. Uh, European uh, EU leaders also agreed to impose a 12th round of sanctions on Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. The latest sanctions will target diamond exports and improve enforcement of an oil price cap designed to reduce the amount of money Russia makes by selling crude to non-EU countries. Japan joined the EU, expan uh, EU expanded 
its sanctions targeting Russia over its war in Ukraine, banning Russian diamonds for non-industrial use, and adding dozens of uh, of firms and organizations to its trade blacklist. The expanded export blacklist announced on Friday includes 57 organizations in Russia and six organizations in the, uh, the UAE, Syria, Uzbekistan, and Armenia. 27 entities from Belarus, one of Russia's closest allies, have also been sanctioned. Uh, but then it happened today. <clears throat> yeah, earlier today, over, over there, which was last night sometime here. Uh, Putin's puppet in the EU, Hungary's uh, Prime Minister Viktor Orban, announced he had blocked a proposal to revamp the EU budget to include 50 billion euros in financial aid to Kyiv. For weeks, Orban had been promising to block the membership deal and the funding, which he said were not in the interest of Hungary or the EU. Uh, Orban had agreed not to be in the room for the membership vote, allowing it to pass. The other EU nations were unable to overcome his resistance to the budget proposal put forward by Michel. Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte told reporters on leaving the talks, we still have some time. Ukraine is not out of money in the next few weeks. I am fairly confident we can get a deal early next year. We are thinking of late January. Viktor Orban, wants that 10 billion euros being held by the EU. Orban told Hungarians in an interview on state-run media, he will not give a a nod to the funding package unless Brussels releases billions of euros to Hungary that it has frozen due to the rule of law concerns of his, you know, his backsliding uh, uh, country, uh, uh, his uh, backsliding democracy. Uh, Orban said, I've always said that if someone wants to amend the budget law, and they want to for several reasons, this is a great opportunity for Hungary to make it clear that it should get what it deserves, not half, then a quarter, but it must get the whole thing. But for him to get it, new laws must be recorded in his country. Uh, because he's basically, he's made himself a dictator. He's, he's backslid on democracy so he could stay in power. Of course, Russia had something to say. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov warned the Ukraine and Moldova could destabilize the EU should they join. He told reporters, negotiations to join the EU can last for years or decades. The EU has always had strict criteria for accession, and it is obvious that at the moment neither Ukraine nor Moldova meets these criteria. It is clear that this is an absolutely politicized decision. The EU's desire to demonstrate support for these countries, but such new members could destabilize the EU. And since we live on the same continent as the EU, we, of course, are closely watching this. Wait, for two years, he's been trying to destabilize the EU so aid won't get to Ukraine? And now suddenly Putin has concerns the EU could destabilize? Oh, that's so nice of him. Romania summoned uh, the Russia's uh, ambassador over a new violation of its airspace after a drone crashed on its territory, leaving a crater one and a half meters deep near the town of Grindu, 
which faces the Ukrainian port of Reni on the other side of the uh, Danube. Uh, Russia said it shot down nine Ukrainian drones headed towards Moscow. There were no reports of damage. Ukraine's Air Force said Russia launched 42 drones and six missiles, mostly targeting the southern Odessa region. Air defense systems destroyed most of the Iranian-made Shahid drones, but 11 people were injured by falling debris, which also damaged buildings and warehouses. The Air Force said Ukraine was also attacked by Russian fighter jets, dropping Kinzai hypersonic missiles. One missile was shot down over the Kyiv region, but another two hit the west of the capital where there is an air base. Uh, Kyiv regional governor uh, Rus- Ruslan Kravchenko said no casualties were reported or damage to critical and civilian uh, infrastructure. Uh, I think we can call this uh, story a little crazy. This morning at the village council, in uh, Koretsky, in the western Transcarpathian region of Le- uh, 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 south of Lviv, near the Hungarian border, there was a village council meeting. The meeting was being live streamed on Facebook <clears throat> when uh, a, an incident took place. Councillors had been holding a heated discussion about their budget for 2024 as well as this year's financial results and holding a vote on awarding the council chief a bonus. Almost 90 minutes into the meeting, the footage shows one of the village councillors shouting, objecting to the budget. The man, who's wearing a dark jacket, then leaves the room, taking another man with him. A few minutes later, he returns and stands in front of the door. Shortly afterwards, he takes several grenades out of his jacket pockets. He briefly tries to attract people's attention, saying, May I? May I? Before tossing the grenades into the middle of the room, Moments later, they explode. As a result, 26 people were wounded, six of whom are in grave condition. The police statement said that medics were trying to resuscitate the man who threw the grenades. I don't know if he's alive yet. I haven't heard anything. Ukrainian police say the SBU security service will investigate the incident as a terrorist attack. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Oh, Israel! I'm so sick of Israel. I really am. <clears throat> See, I use, uh, I don't use that sugary, powdery chocolate packets. I use a, uh, uh, a hard semi-sweet chocolate bar and break it up and then add stevia. Yeah, for my mocha. That's what I do. The U.S. and Israel have discussed a timetable for scaling back intense combat operations in the war against Hamas, even though they agree the overall fight will take months. This amid growing anger by U.S. citizens over complicity in war crimes and murdering thousands of innocent people in what's being called a genocide. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with Palestinian President uh, Mahmoud Abbas to discuss the post war future, which according to a senior U.S. official, could include bringing back Palestinian security forces driven from their jobs in Gaza by Hamas in in its 2007 takeover. American and Israeli officials have been vague in public about how Gaza will run if Israel achieves its goal of ending Hamas control. 
and the idea uh, uh, floated as uh, one of the several appeared to be first time Washington offered some detail on its vision for security arrangements in Gaza. Any role for Palestinian security forces in Gaza is bound to elicit strong opposition from Israel, which seeks to maintain an open-ended security presence there and says it won't allow a post-war foothold for the Abbas-led Palestinian Authority, which administrator, uh, administrators parts of the Isra- Israeli-occupied West Bank, uh, but is deeply unpopular with Palestinians. But as you know from yesterday's report, Israel would prefer Palestine be destabilized. Uh, Wow. Anyway, uh, Sullivan met Friday with Abbas, who lost uh, control of Gaza when Hamas drove out his security forces in 2007. The takeover came a year after Hamas defeated Abbas uh, Fatah party in parliament elections, and the rivals failed to form a unity government. A senior U.S. official said that Sullivan and others have discussed the prospect of having those associated with the Palestinian Authority security forces before the Hamas takeover serve as the nucleus of post-war peacekeeping in Gaza. The U.S. has said it eventually wants to see the West Bank and Gaza under a unified Palestinian government as a precursor to a Palestinian state. An idea soundly rejected by that Yahoo Netanyahu who leads the right-wing government that is opposed to Palestinian statehood at all. Because, of course, as a state, they could defend themselves. Uh, Palestinian officials have said they will uh, only consider a post-war role in Gaza in the context of concrete U.S.-backed steps toward Palestinian statehood. The Palestinian prime minister told the Associated Press that It's time for the United States to deal more firmly with Israel, particularly on Washington's calls for negotiations for two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Mohammed Staya said yesterday, Now that the United States has talked the talk, we want Washington to walk the walk. If the United States cannot deliver Israel, who can? The 88-year-old Abbas is deeply unpopular, with a poll published Wednesday Wednesday indicating close to 90% of Palestinians want him to resign. Meanwhile, Palestinian support for Hamas has tripled in the West Bank. Gee, what a shock. You kill thousands of innocent people, and suddenly people who previously didn't like the warring party suddenly like them. Who could have seen that coming? Moving on. Israel continues to try to take out Opposing journalists' voices, a war crime. Uh, the Qatar-based television network Al Jazeera, an and online network and news network and all sorts of network, said its chief correspondent in Gaza, while Daudu, was wounded in his right arm by shrapnel in a drone strike at a school-turned-shelter in the southern city of Khan Yunus. The network said Gaza cameraman uh, Samer Abu Daga was also wounded. Uh, In October, Dadu's wife, son, daughter, and grandson were killed in an Israeli strike. He wasn't home. Or or was he home? He survived either way. A U.S. intelligence assessment report Wednesday that nearly 
reported Wednesday that nearly half of the tens of thousands of air-to-ground munitions that Israel has used in the Gaza Strip since early October have been so-called dumb bombs, unguided munitions whose use in densely populated civilian areas could be yet more war crimes. The assessment was conducted by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and described to CNN by three anonymous sources who told the outlet that somewhere between 40 and 45 percent of the munitions Israel has dropped on Gaza have been unguided. This use of unguided bombs in civilian areas further refutes the Netanyahu government's claim that it is waging a war on Hamas and not the entire population of Gaza, not the Palestinians. And still more war crimes, erasing culture and ethnic cleansing, Israel forces on Wednesday raided the Freedom Theater in the Jenin refugee camp in West Bank and subsequently kidnapped three of the renowned Playhouse staff members. Freedom Theater Association Director Zoe Lafferty wrote for the New Arab that Israel occupation forces ransacked, ransacked the internationally renowned cultural center shortly after 9 a.m. local time Wednesday. Lafferty said Israeli troops tore apart the theater's office and knocked down a wall, firing weapons from inside the building. Israeli troops then went to the homes of artistic director Ahmed Tobasi and producer Mustafa Sheta and blindfolded, handcuffed, and abducted them. Hours later, they also kidnapped and severely beat Jamal Abu Jawas, a recently graduated acting student. Those actors, you can't do anything with them. Uh, Tabasi, who says he was also beaten by his captors, was later released. He said in a statement following his release, They treated us like animals. They are trying to hurt us in any way they can, but it's important we stay strong. Rasha Seta, Mustafa's wife, said that her husband was handcuffed and taken in front of our children. She added, my children spent their night crying. We felt so scared without him being around with us. We feel very sad for him being away, especially since we don't know why he was arrested. We call for everyone who can help us to stand with my husband and release him from this occupation. Uh, The raid and arrests follow Israel forces killing of three members of Freedom Theater in recent weeks. 17-year-old Yaman Jarar, 26-year-old Jihad Nagnya, and 30-year-old Mohammed Matahem. In uh, June, occupation forces killed youth leader participants Sadil Nagia, age 15, and Mahmoud Al-Sadi, who was 17 years old, because murdering children is the best way to ethnic cleanse. Well, they didn't say that. That's what I assume. I, you know, I've called out Adam Schiff more, more than once for not doing what his constituents want. I called him out for not giving a crap about Israeli war crimes on Palestine, a refusal to join the growing international call for a ceasefire in Gaza proved a liability for Schiff, as it should. Adam Schiff is running for Senate in California. My vote will go to Katie Porter. Schiff lost the endorsement of Burbank's California mayor over his continued silence regarding Israel's U.S.-backed slaughter of at least 19,000 
Palestinians, not including the dead thousands under rubble and counting. Mayor Constantine Anthony joined Representative Barbara Lee of California at a rally on Tuesday where he announced his support for the Congresswoman in the race to fill the late Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. He said, it was very difficult for me to change my position, to rescind my endorsement of Adam Schiff, but I have watched more uh, with moral clarity shine through in another candidate. I am proud to endorse Barbara Lee for the Senate to represent us in California. This is telling. This is very telling. Schiff's home office is in Burbank. He lost his host city. Schiff has largely been towed to the Biden party line. Schiff's campaign told the Washington Post on Monday that the congressman supports Israel's right to defend itself and supports humanitarian pauses to encourage the release of hostages and allow critical aid to reach civilians in Gaza. That statement, which was not enough, was probably what changed his mind. Uh, Schiff and Lee, along with uh, Representative Katie Porter, who I support, are among the candidates running in the de uh, Democratic primary. Uh, California voters will go to the polls on March 5th, 2024. A court in Europe ruled yesterday that a 2020 constitutional tribunal judgment further re restricting already limited abortion access in Poland violated a pregnant woman's right to respect for private and family life under the European Convention on Human Rights. The applicant, a Warsaw resident identified in court papers as ML, became pregnant in 2020 after a fetus was diagnosed with uh, trisomy 21, or uh, Down syndrome. She scheduled an appointment for an abortion at a Polish hospital. I believe uh, the woman in Texas had trisomy 18, but honestly not sure what the numbers mean. Uh, in Poland, she wanted the abortion. However, the Constitution, tri uh, Constitutional Tribunal determined that abortions because of fetal abnormalities are unconstitutional, a policy that took effect in January 2021. Because of the policy change, which remains in effect and means that pregnant people in Poland can only receive abortion care in cases of rape or incest or if the patient's life is at risk, ML the person who, who uh, challenged it, could no longer terminate her pregnancy in her country. Uh, the European Court of Human Rights yesterday decision was 5-2 to two with judges uh, Krzysztof Wolszczyk of Poland and Peter Paksole of Hungary dissenting. In its ruling, that Article 8 of the European Convention on Human Rights was violated. The ECHR noted that the Polish tribunal included members appointed in a procedure that was found to be a, in breach of the treaty in the, a 2021 case. The tightening of Polish abortion law occurred under the right-wing law and justice party that was just ousted from power. We just talked about that. Uh, Poland's new liberal government has promised to protect women's rights, and Prime Minister Donald Tusk vowed to present a bill making abortion legal until 12 weeks, although President Andrzej Duda may veto any such law. We shall see. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know. On to the U.S. <clears throat> Yesterday, a New York state, of, uh, state appeals court denied Trump's bid to overturn a gag order restricting the former U.S. president's 
uh, from uh, publicly publicly talking about court staff in his New York civil fraud trial. The judge overseeing the case, Justice Arthur Angeron, issued the gag order on October 3rd after the former U.S. president shared on social media a photo of the judge's law clerk posing with U.S. Senator, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, and falsely called her Schumer's girlfriend. Angeron said the post left the court inundated with hundreds of threats made by Trump supporters. Uh, Trump appealed the order last month, arguing it violated his constitutional right to free speech. The appellate division said the gag order did not have a major impact. The order read, Here the gravity of potential harm is small, given that the gag order is narrow, limiting to prohibiting solely uh, statement regarding the court staff. The gag order was initially paused by a judge on November 16th when Trump appealed, but a panel of judges reinstated it two weeks later. The appellate division late yesterday rejected Trump's request for permission to appeal the reinstatement of the gag or, uh, of the gag order to the court's Court of Appeals, New York's highest court. Uh, the Michigan Court of Appeals said yesterday it won't stop former President Donald Trump from appearing on the state's 2024 Republican primary ballot, turning aside challenges from critics who argue that his role in the 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol disqualifies him. The court affirmed two lower court rulings without determining whether Trump falls under the insurrection clause in the Constitution's 14th Amendment. Uh, In other words, it's wide open. That's what it means. The appeals court said in a three-to-nothing opinion, citing Michigan law, who to place on the primary ballot is determined by the political parties and the individual candidates. Same thing that happened in Colorado, I think. Of course, this means that Trump's name will be challenged in the general election. And if if it gets to the point where he's on there in the general election, then no Republicans will end up on the ballot. The Michigan court decision was similar to one from the Minnesota Supreme Court, which said Trump could stay on that state's primary ballot there because the election is a party-run contest. So, Rudy, 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 what are we going to do with you? Uh, For Rudy Giuliani, as always, he lies in public, then does something different in court because he can't use those same lies in court. He reiterated that those election workers were switching votes and said he can prove it, but decided at the last minute that he wouldn't testify in court. Probably the lawyers told him, eh, you better not. (laughs) So now it went to the jury. Jury deliberations resume today at 9 a.m. Eastern Time in Rudy Giuliani's civil defamation trial related to false claims he made about two former election workers in Georgia. Plaintiffs Ruby Friedman and her daughter Wandrea Shaye Moss are seeking at least $24 million each for Giuliani's defamatory statements about them following the 2020 presidential contest when he about uh, about. Uh, yeah, about them following the 2020 presidential contest when he baselessly accused them of election fraud. After the jurors were sent to continue their deliberations, Howell discussed the next steps in the case, including how to handle any future defamatory comments Giuliani might make about Freeman and Moss, which Rudy had just done when he claimed that they were lying and that he would prove it. 
in court. He said that in public. <laughs> and then decided not to testify. Freeman's lawyer, John Langford, said they plan to ask for a court order barring Giuliani from making any more defamatory statements about the mother and daughter. A judge ruled this year that Giuliani defamed the two women with his remarks. Uh, trial testimony. This week lasted four days. Giuliani reversed course yesterday and said he would not take the stand in his own defense, despite saying earlier that his testimony would make definitively clear that what he said about Freeman and Moss was true. <laughs> Representative, uh, and we're moving on to Representative Elise Stefanik from New York, filed a complaint today alleging judicial misconduct by that federal judge. Stefanik, a staunch ally of, of, of Trump and member of the House GOP leadership, formally requested an ethics investigation into U.S. District ju uh, Court Judge Beryl Howell over what the New York Republican called a highly inappropriate political speech by the judge in November. Howell, of course, is, like I said, overseeing Giuliani's trial. He had some speech at an event where he got an award or something, and she didn't like the speech, apparently. I'm sure she's been poring over all sorts of public things that he said, <clears throat> or having her people do it. Uh, moving on. Uh, lawyers for Mark Meadows argued before the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals this morning that it should overturn a judge's ruling that said he cannot move his Georgia racketeering case to federal court. The 11th Circuit has not exactly been on Trump's or any right-wing side, even though they are a centrist court. Uh, attorneys from Meadows repeated their arguments that the alleged acts he was charged with fall within the scope or under the color of his duties as Trump's White House chief of staff, and therefore he has a right to move his case from state court to federal court. In the latter venue, a potentially more favorable jury pool could be drawn upon. Meadows lawyer, uh, 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 Meadows lawyer uh, George Terwilliger told the three-judge panel, for purposes of removal, he doesn't have, have to establish the outer limits of his office. He merely has to establish the nexus to his duties. Mr. Meadows, colorable federal defense here, at least at the most basic level, is a federal immunity defense. Their appearance before the appeals court came after federal judge Steve Jones didn't accept Meadows' arguments, causing him to appeal that ruling. The three-judge panel including judges nominated by Biden and Obama and George W. Bush, attorneys for Meadows argued that the conduct described in the, in the indictment occurred during his tenure and as part of his service as chief of staff. They cited a federal law that allows federal officers or agencies to remove civil actions or criminal prosecution in state court for alleged actions taken under color of their offices to U.S. District Court. The problem with that defense is at the time he was acting as a chief of staff. He, was, he wasn't acting as a chief of staff. He was acting as an official trying to get Trump elected or overturning the election, uh, the election which is an inherently, inherently political act, which must be separate from his office. Otherwise, he violates the Hatch Act. And we've talked about the Hatch Act many times in these challenges. Moving on. 
So top secret files go missing and there is likely one person who would want it to go missing. A binder containing highly classified information related to Russia's uh, election interference went missing at the end of Donald Trump's presidency, raising alarms among intelligence officials that some of the most closely guarded national security secrets from the U.S. and its allies could be exposed. Its disappearance, which has not been previously reported, was so concerning that intelligence officials briefly briefed Senate Intelligence Committee lead, uh, leaders last year about the missing materials and the government's efforts to retrieve them. More than two years later, it's still missing. The binder contained raw intelligence that uh, the U.S. and its NATO allies collected on Russians and Russian agents, including sources and methods that informed the U.S. government's assessment that Russian President Vladimir Putin sought to help Trump win the 2016 election. I would think that would be valuable to, for Trump to sell to Putin. Don't you think a file like that? Uh, the intelligence was so sensitive that lawmakers and congressional aides with top-secret security clearances were able to review the material only at CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, where the work scrutinizing it was itself kept in a locked safe. The binder was last seen at the White House, not at, the, the, uh, at Langley. It was seen at the White House during Trump's final days in office. The former president had ordered it, brought there so he could declassify a host of documents related to the FBI's Russia investigation. Oh, wait. Gee, what a shock. Top secret U.S. intelligence that isn't even supposed to be removed from Langley and may have an information on Trump's involvement with Russia went missing after Trump claimed he wanted to declassify parts of it. I'm shocked. Shocked gambling is going on in this establishment. Under the care of then-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, the binder was scoured by Republican aides working to redact the most sensitive information so it could be declassified and released publicly. The day before leaving office, Trump issued an order declassifying most of the binder's contents, setting off a flurry of activity in the final 48 hours of his presidency. Multiple copies of the redacted binder were created inside the White House, with plans to distribute them across Washington to Republicans in Congress and right-wing journalists. Instead, copies in initially sent out were frantically retrieved at the direction of White House lawyers demanding additional redactions. Just minutes before Joe Biden was inaugurated, Meadows rushed to the Justice Department to hand-deliver a redacted copy for a last review. But an unredacted version of the binder containing the classified raw intelligence went missing amid the chaotic final hours of the Trump White House. The binder was not among the classified items found in last year's search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Cassidy Hutchinson, one of Meadows' top aides, testified to Congress and wrote in her memoir, that she believes Meadows took home an unredacted version of the binder. She said it had been kept in Meadows' safe and that she saw him leave with it from the White House. So why isn't Meadows being searched? That's what I ask. 
A former top FBI counterintelligence official was ordered yesterday to spend over four years in prison for violating sanctions on Russia by going to work for a Russian oligarch seeking dirt on a wealthy rival after he finished his government career. Charles McGonagall was sentenced to four years and two months in prison in Manhattan Federal Court by Judge Jennifer H. Reardon, who said McGonagall harmed national security by repeatedly flouting sanctions meant to put economic pressure on Russia to get results without military force. He was also fined $40,000. She imposed, the, uh, oh, and he was also told to return all the money that he made. Uh, she imposed the sentence after a prosecutor cast McGonagall's crime as a greedy money grab that leveraged the knowledge he gained in his FBI career to cozy up to notorious Russian oligarch, billionaire industrialist Oleg Deripaska. And by the way, as a billionaire, he should have asked for way more money. I'm just saying. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be with the FBI, aren't you? You're supposed to have some intelligence, right? <laughs> uh, during his August plea, to a, a single count of conspiring to launder money and violate the International Emergency Economics Powers Act. Deripaska told the judge he accepted over 17000 to help Deripaska collect derogatory information about another Russian oligarch who was a business competitor. Prosecutors say McGonagall was also trying to help Deripaska get off the sanctions list and was in negotiations along with co-conspirators to receive a fee of $650,000 to $3 million to hunt for electronic files revealing hidden assets of $500 million belonging to the oligarch's business rival. The billionaire Deripaska has been under U.S. sanctions since 2018 for reasons related to Russia's uh, occupation of Gaza. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Russia's occupation of Crimea. Uh, McGonagall, who lives in New York, was separately charged in federal court in Washington, D.C. with concealing at least 225000 in cash he allegedly received from a former Albanian intelligence official while working for the FBI. He faces sentencing in that case on February 16th. Uh, Reardon ordered him to report to prison February 26th. The U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia has affirmed the sanctions against Deripaska, finding there was evidence he had acted as an agent of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah, it's Friday. If you care, I, most of us work on the weekends, but, you know, might be good for you. Friday, Friday. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, December 15th, 2023. Friday, December 15th, 2023. And don't forget, since it is Friday... Uh, uh, let's not forget to look for that flaming Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when uh, um, uh, politicians throw something out there into the uh, uh, into the news late in the day or maybe Saturday in the hopes that it'll disappear in the 24-hour news cycle and we'll, they'll be done with it by Monday. Let's not let that happen. Uh, bring someone. If, uh, I, I really appreciate you. And if you could, bring someone with you uh, today or this weekend. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can uh, tweet to me, questions or X to me or whatever it is. Uh, questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. And remember, always remember 
Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.